So I had an encounter on Sunday night that was really awesome. Just, just it's just it's good, you know. Um, spicy, angry Father Harrison from a few weeks ago. Uh, he might show up a bit later. We'll see. Who knows? Who's, okay, we'll who's see. Who's to see. say? But but I had a very joyful encounter on Sunday. So uh, there's a mm-hmm. there's a we have a good little crew of Nigerian families in our parish. Nice. And uh, I was talking to one of the, the dads because uh, his kids are ultra servers. It was, I've been trying to, you know, just say, here, yeah, we should have dinner sometime. And then he emails us. Yeah. He emails back with a date. He goes, yeah, Father, this date, but we're going to go to this person's house. We might not, might invite another family or two over. Cool. I'm like, great. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I get there. It's more like 10 to 12 families <laughs> at this <laughs> point. <laughs> It's outside in the backyard. I mean, the weather is perfect on Sunday for that. It was great, mm-hmm. and it was it was a really interesting int- night because um, I could tell pretty quickly they didn't know what to do with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with them. Like, I didn't want to. I figured that some of this had to do with maybe presumption, cultural, there were cultural uh, presumptions around how to, how and what to do with a priest at a gathering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I turned out to be not just right about, but like I was like, "Oh, really? Okay." Um, so it starts out. I mean, like I'm sitting there in a chair talking to some people here and there. But it was kind of hard to get conversations going. But I could tell people felt like awkward talking to me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Okay, this is interesting." Dinner starts. I say my blessing. We start dinner. First Nigerian food, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Like they love spice too, and it was like just oh, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the host brought me this thing called pepper soup. He goes, but. I'm bringing you a bottle of water, Father. It's really spicy. And I, I, I eat. I'm like, could be spicier. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> and then he says, well, actually, my wife toned it down a bit because there were some white people here. <laughs> <laughs> he said, don't bring That's me it. the spice next time, man. Let it, let it, let it, let me yeah. sweat it out, you know? Yeah. So after dinner is over, and he doesn't even wear it. It's like someone just, like I said, oh, like, oh, Father, you go first. I'm like, no, I'll let the kids go first. They're hungry, you know, whatever. Uh, so I just sit down like someone just brings me a tray of food. I am not used to that. Like yeah. ever, ever right there. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Someone's serving me mm. after dinner. I'm like, okay, so about an hour and a half. It's like, I'm not talking to a lot of people. I'm like, I'm, I'm here to talk to people. Like I want to, yeah, that's like your thing. That's my thing. Right. <laughs> so I go over to someone and start talking to her and, um, great conversation. And then, uh, one of the families there, they had asked me to bless their car a couple weeks ago. I couldn't that time. So I brought, I made sure I brought holy water because I had a feeling they'd be there. Sure. There's essentially all the Nigerian Catholics in the city who were there that day. So, That's and cool. so we do that. And then it's like, just then I, the house blessed their house, right? It was great. Cause like, Hey, what could you do our house too? I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's, let's get her done. Yeah. Um, and just so on and so forth. Then I, I ended the night and this is where it kind of really hit. Cause I go down talking to a bunch of the guys. That was one of the interesting things is very quickly in the evening, how quickly the guys and the women like huddled together in their own like male and theme. the men were with each other, the women were with each other, and they didn't mm-hmm. really talk with each other, interact with each other much. It was very yeah, interesting. Yeah. I said, is this not a thing? And they said, oh, yes, this is a very Nigerian thing. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm sitting there <laughs> talking to some of the guys. It's an amazing conversation, right? None of these yeah. guys I've seen before. So mm-hmm. they're probably all lapsed or something like this. And uh, But at the end of the conversation, I'm giving them my business card because they all now want to get their kids baptized. Oh, good. Nice. And one of them wants to get married in the church. Oh, heck yeah. And I'm like, heck yeah, man. They're like, and then in the midst of the conversation, I said, no, this is why it was so hard. You know, this is weird for us, Father. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yes, if in Nigeria, if ever possible, a priest ever came to something like this, which is almost never. He'd yeah. show up, sit, eat by himself, say a blessing, and leave. Wow. Yeah. It's just, Interesting. The idea of the priest being close to the people is not a common experience for them, at least back home. Wow. Like, oh. And so they were just like shocked that yeah, the yeah, yeah. priest they were I mean, more people came because they found out that the priest wanted to be with them. Yeah. Um and so that's why everyone's like, Well, can we come too? Which yeah, is yeah. like, okay. <laughs> can we, but then no one's talking the to me. I'm like well, I'm like, yeah. but like, then no one's talking to me. I'm like, but that, that's why I thought seeing each other is like, that's kind of what I, that's how, so it was like a very interesting thing. Like, it, I think it took a while for us to both realize that we all had some cultural presumptions about how priests and lay people relate to each other. Yeah. And we overcame by the end of the night. It was just so joyful. And yeah. the families were so happy. I mean, there were like 20 kids there and every family like, father, why don't we have a Catholic school here? Father, if you get a Catholic school, every non-Catholic Nigerian family will become Catholic to go to that school. 
Wow. I'm like, oh, They're like, no, no, Catholic schools are very important to Nigerians. I'm like, oh, fascinating. Very interesting. It's so, like, I just came away, like, it was just like a massive pastoral success night, all by showing up. Like, I, I was saying to my secretary, he said, I said, it's going to sound a little weird, but like, I feel like my charism, my main charism in life is being a chill and normal human being who likes to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is a gift. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> not every priest and even like, you know, it's not even a strong suit of mine. Um, so it's, yeah, that's great. I was like, it was just, it was a great night. And it was just, I never thought it was like, and it was like, a, and we were just talking about the faith. Like what I loved about it too, is one of the beautiful things that I think their culture can be a gift to us in our parish and just in general in North America is there is a real natural religiosity to them. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. in the sense of like, the physical and material, the physical material and the spiritual kind of are all integrated together in a, in a whole. Yeah. Like one of the dads is saying like, father, it's so weird to us here. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we need to, we need to honor the pastor because they are, they are like Christ's representative to us. And so mm -hmm. like in the summers, families will bring gifts to the priest during mass to say, thank you for being our pastor during mm -hmm. the procession of gifts, bring things wow. that he likes and everything. I'm like, like I said, I'll be honest like that little weird for me because i don't want yeah. you to be honoring me but, like, but no we're honoring jesus through you and like it's just like i it was just interesting because like what i would see as hang-ups for me because i would see like some strong distinctions yeah and i could see how their integration can create problems too around like clericalism sure um i just thought there was all at the same time something really beautiful to that yeah, it really is like really powerful and it's just like they don't have the hang-ups we have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm like this is amazing and joyful. And like, so we're going to, we're working now towards them. Did you doing... tell them that um, uh, Jesus is most honored by nice bourbon? Like he's really honored by that. He's just like, ah, oh, it's the best yeah. gift you can bring him. I thought he was, he was honored in thousand dollar bills. I mean, that, that's good. Um, <laughs> he's definitely honored because by those. Because we know well. that Jesus had a great love for money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And strongly encourage people to amass as much of it as possible in this life. You know, it'd be funny if like, um, you know, the story of uh, the temple tax where Peter goes yeah. and drops a hook in the sea. If they brought priests, um, instead of like using envelopes to bring uh, money to church, they just put stuffed money into fish. And that's what we use to collect all of just make like, a little throw a bunch more priests during mass, you know, it's just this like... is the temple tax. You just throw a bunch of fish <laughs> stuffed with dollar bills at them. I like this idea. Oh my gosh. I like this idea. Anyways. Sorry, it wasn't so dialogue-y, but I just had to share it because it was such a joyful experience. Have you That's had great. experiences like that, encounters like that, like with well, cultural no, groups I've, I've like been, this? No, no, I haven't. Um, uh, I haven't been. This is probably like one of the most more diverse parishes I've been at, um, but still, not really. You know, just not not so much in this area. So. Okay, yeah, it, it's. Um, I think it's really. I'm starting to like my parish is very multicultural. Yeah. And I just thinking more and more, it's like there's like I, I, I walked away with two things. One is, my mm -hmm. gosh, this is going to be such an easy community to do outreach to. Yeah. Because what are a lot of the barriers to evangelization with like regular white people in North America would be mm -hmm. are just not there for them at all. It's different. Yeah. Uh, it, so I'm like, but also that they have a joy. And I mean, I'm sure there's probably they have. um Every culture has got its issues too, I'm sure. Sure. But I just saw so many positives that we don't have that I'm like, I want this to be a gift to the parish. So yeah, we're talking about them leading music one Sunday this year. Cool. And to just let them take charge of that. Yeah, that'd be great. You should shut up because that's a long banter. Sorry. So welcome to Clarity <laughs> Speaking. I'm Father Harrison. I'm Father Anthony. Um, uh, Father Harrison, I'm I'm in a bit of a predicament. I want you to help me work this out real quick before we get the. Into so the main we're doing the show. recorded uh, spiritual direction. Uh, not so much. We're doing recorded paperwork. So, okay. uh, which is the best uh, best for an audio medium is doing paperwork together. But we're, it, we need to do this. So I have been reliably informed, uh, even quasi threatened by my vicar for clergy, that I am not allowed to die as a priest. I am 34 years old. Okay. I can't die because if I die, it ruins all of the diocesan plans. And yet, and yet, and I, I'm willing to be obedient to that. Okay. Won't die. No problem. I can handle that. Um, but the, the ironic thing is, and they still send me what I have in front of me here is a bunch of paperwork, including my burial card. Um, they gave me a burial, burial card? card at, I mean, a burial, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what's a burial card? Like, well, you well, you just you just sit down and go along for this ride. So all right. Um, technically, priests do die every once in a while, and a lot of times it's difficult to plan their funeral because if you're an older priest, maybe you don't have as much family and stuff. Like, what do we do? All that kind of stuff. So I've got some things that you can't help me with because um, yeah. I, I, you can't help me with the power of attorney thing that I have here. Medical power of attorney that they sent me. I have to go find a lawyer for that. Use my Dawson lawyer. But there is some stuff you can't help me with. So we're okay. going to plan Father Anthony's funeral mass here. Okay? All right. Sounds so, good. So uh, first of all, um, what, do you want to be the homilist if I die? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll give you free. I'll give you some suggestions about how to preach about my funeral, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. So we'll, we'll put you down and, for that. And then like, I guess I, I, and I'm presuming that if it goes the way you don't want, uh, there'll be yeah. much haunting. And oh, definitely haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely visit you from uh, purgatory and show you the, the the suffering and flames I am in. Um, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, okay. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's do opening hymn. What do you think I should be uh, for my opening hymn for my funeral? Sing a new church. Wrong. The first hymn will be. Let me write this down right here. I can defend. Um, will be on eagle's wings. Okay. So I'm gonna write that down. There we go. Um, and then let's see. Uh, readings. You it, we'll just just pick whatever readings. I, I don't care about that. You know, the readings are important to the mass anyway. So just do whatever. What is important is um, uh, the hymn for the procession of the gifts. What should we have for that? Any ideas? Um, let's here um my gosh it's funny i haven't actually done a funeral for a while so i'm like i'm forgetting mm-hmm. all the usual funeral hymns um uh the uh saint francis song for like what is it uh make me a channel of your peace good guess but wrong it's gonna be on eagle's wings but this one That's i'm gonna get a uh a polka band to do this one okay so but, but like, first one is, i thought you're italian yeah, 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 I know, I know. Uh, but you oh, know, what? I'm, like I, I've served no a lot of Francis. Polish. I've, I've, I've served a lot of, um, you know, Polish people. It is, yeah. This is Pittsburgh. We got a lot of Poles. Yeah. Um, in honor of that, uh, a polka yeah. version of "On Eagle's Wings." Okay. All right, okay. let's see. Uh, I'll get some family to bring up the gifts and do that. Um, Eucharistic, Eucharistic prayer. prayer. I mean, just do two. Let's just get this over with. You know, it's just, a, it's just a, like boom, boom, boom. Let's go. Put me in the ground, right? Okay. Um, it works. If there's still Eucharistic prayer too, we'll just do that one. Okay, communion and then uh, communion him, communion him. Okay, let's see. Any ideas? How about for on eagle's hymn? wing in chant form. Ah, beautiful. Now you get it. Okay, so a <laughs> chant. Um, actually, you know what? Let's 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 add. Can we do like I'm gonna get a like a a polyphony of uh, sure, on eagle's good. wings sounds written. Good. Sounds good. Uh, I know some guys. We'll get that um, set up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so post communion meditation. Because uh, everyone needs yeah. to meditate on my death. Um, and what should we do? What's a good meditative hymn to do for a funeral? What could it be? Man, uh, I mean, I mean, usually it's not. Well, how about on eagle's wings, but we insert lyrics about Mary. Okay, okay. A Marian version of on eagle's wings. Yes, because this is pretty normal for that, usually. And need to do something she Marian. will pray for you. And, and she's give. assumed to heaven like on eagle's wings. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something. Okay. Yeah, we'll come up with something. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to pencil that one in. I'm going to pencil that okay. one in. I'll change. Let me yeah. find my pencil here. There we go. Uh, Marian version of on eagle's wings. Okay. Um, recessional hymn. Uh, oh, that's easy. Praise and worship version of on eagle's wings. Praise it's and worship. Like, I want a drum sets. I want tambourines. Yeah. I want electric guitars. Okay. And like, and like the the, ba- the the drum, like the dun 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 dun. Oh, absolutely. And I will raise you. Yes, yes. Good, 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 good. You know, and um, there's a tradition uh that a priest funeral, and uh, there'll be a lot of priests there to celebrate. Uh, my death, death and the end of yes. my the end of my reign of terror as a priest in the diocese of Pittsburgh. Um, they'll be very excited for that. And normally, the, the hymn that we sing there is the Salve Regina, correct? Because that's the hymn we sing. Uh, so at obviously, night it's it's Eagle's Wings, but with the Salve Regina tune. Exactly. On Eagle's Wings. Eagles. Oh, wait. Uh, on Eagle's Wings. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We have to, we got, you, can, you, can get, you can get Father Alex Schrank to put it to Gregorian notation. Yes, Father Alex Schrank will do that. Uh-huh. Um, he'll also be 
he'll be a bishop by then, but I'm going to ask for him to be my MC, just not to do his bishop thing and just be an MC for that. Which I'm sure he's fine with. Okay, good. Okay. And, um, and then uh, um, any hymns at the graveyard? Him stuff for the graveyard. Well, like, like, on Eagles, like on Eagle's Wings to DSA, right? No, no, no. Because I, I think we're done with the hymns by that point. Okay. I want a uh, someone to uh, do a dramatic reading of Eagle's Wings uh, at the funeral. I mean, at the um, at the gravesite. A dramatic reading of On Eagle's Wings. Uh, okay. Maybe we can get our friend Father Dan to do that because um, he'll still be alive. Um, and he's got that he's got that silky voice that we love yes. so very much yes, um, so we'll do that okay good all right um and and uh for for your homily uh, about me uh yes. i just want you to really emphasize um how amazing i was as a priest like um just like how many souls i i'm gonna write some notes for you uh i'll give you a number okay. of like how many souls i saved how many uh -huh. masses I did, um, okay. how many Jesus points I earned. I want you to kind of like read off the stats. Because uh, I'm okay. going to have holy cards made of my stats. Um, it'll be a picture okay. of me and on the back. It'll be kind of like a baseball with, card. With, and there'll be like, you know, a little halo behind you probably. Because Obviously. Might as well put that on anyway. Um, yeah. And just to make sure really emphasize. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I will emphasize it. And yeah. then I'll take all the stats and I'll take a lighter and burn yeah. it. And say, but Ooh. it's all Jesus's work. Okay. Um, only after you mention my great humility, then you can do that stuff. That's fine. Okay. Um, and this will be great because this will do. This will be two things. Um, it will one uh, tell everyone of my worldly glory, which is very important to me and my very fragile ego. And then uh, two, people will be so angry for me about me for picking eagles wings at every single time that they'll know for sure if I'm. If I have any chance of salvation, I'll be in the depths, the deepest parts of purgatory, right. and that Which will is part of the reason why we'd have to do the burning because it reminds them of purgatory. Right, right, and right. Because at the end of the day, you. you know, I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to wear white because we want to celebrate. It's a, it is a celebratory moment that you're dead. I would like. I would like. Cause there's going to be a lot of priests there. I would like each priest to pick a different liturgical color. Um, I want it to be like a, a bag of uh, liturgical M and M's on the altar. Okay. So red, purple, okay. obviously some blue. Um, green, black, whites, you know, just kind of get it all up there. Pink. I think that looked pink. pretty. Pink. Yeah, pink, absolutely. You never see never see rose at funerals, and um, I think it's nice. A rainbow, as if you will. Yes, yes. Reminding the covenant that uh, um, unless I unless I die by drowning, because then you can't, because then that's a little bit awkward, because that's the whole a whole like, little covenant. Too on the nose, a little too on the nose. Yeah. So, um, okay. No, no, no. Uh, I plan, oh. I plan on, um, I, I, I don't know exactly how I'll die, but it'll probably be in an extravagant manner. So usually, probably with explosions of some kind. So Probably from drowning in olive oil or something like that. Drowning in olive oil, right, possibly. Or I'll be making some pad thai, and I'll inhale too much of the uh, uh, the Chili smoky powders? oil, and yeah. I'll just like on the thing. That'd be that'd be a rough way to go. But uh, That would be a rough way to go. And it would ruin good pad thai, be, which is sad. It'd be tasty. That's Maybe. A little face flush in your pad thai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, good, good. So we got that settled, and I'll just sign this here. Okay, good. Thanks. Thanks for getting that uh, done with me. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I had a transition. I just lost it. So let's just go to theological emergencies. Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial 1 at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. So, by the way, I have not listened to last week's episode yet. Did, uh -huh. did Nick make something for excommunications? I didn't. I saw he mentioned it. Oh, did he mention it? No, I don't think he had time to title? do it yet. I, I, yeah. Okay, I was. I haven't listened yet. So I haven't listened to that part yet. So yeah, I'm pretty um, sure he hasn't done it yet. I, so. I'm not so vain that I feel like I need to listen to my own podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, and I hear I don't. You know, again, it's like I only need to hear so much of Father Anthony's voice, anyways. Um, That's fair. Uh, anyways, I have to. I saw it in the title, and so I was uh -huh. curious if he had done something. No, I think we'll it's just out. a catchy we'll title because we talked about. A, yeah. a bit that we're going to do, but excommunication, yeah. that sounds interesting. So I think that was just his uh, marketing skills. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, we'll do. We'll just do one theological emergency because that was a very long uh, uh, banter. Yes. 
Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial 1 at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Hello. Hello, this is Bill from the beautiful Diocese of Grand Rapids. I, I truly do have a theological emergency. I need to know, would it be okay to pray, say, a decade of the rosary with something that isn't explicitly within the official mysteries, like maybe maybe the temptation in the desert or the call of Peter? Um, maybe just talk about the, the whole new luminous mysteries in, in general. I, I don't know, I, I, but I really need an answer. But the trads are coming. Please, please. <laughs> The trads are coming after him. Kudos to him for actually making it sound like an emergency. Like, yeah, like, it clearly like, is. Like clearly, there. I heard anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that rushed tone. Like you could hear the heart rate almost increasing within his the, the tone of his voice. It's it's truly it's truly an emergency, and and so kudos. For our first true emergency, really, if you think about it. Yeah, quick tip. If the, if the trads are ever chasing after you, just say, look over there, it's James Martin, and they'll be distracted, and then you can get away, you know? Or just, like, throw a copy of, like, print out a copy of one uh, where Peter is and just throw it at them, and they'll, ah, and you can get get away from them. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just throw the Nova Sordo missile at them. Right, exactly. Or you can, like, just trip them up with one of those big, long... Um, you know those uh, are 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 chasubles. You know, with those the big long blankets of a chasuble, just throw it over their head. They'll be confused and angry that it's not a fillback. Yeah. And bonus points if it's like the World Youth Day chasuble that they all hate for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. Any yeah. World Youth Day chasuble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so is it is it uh, is it okay? Is it okay? I mean, if the Pope didn't give us these new mysteries, then no, it's obviously not okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Don't worry. Fooled you. Fooled you. You did. Uh, no, of course, I think I, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, it, it, it's like there is a whole kind of um, packaging, if you will, about how the mysteries are put together with each kind of grouping. But like I've always seen the way I've always seen the rosary is, is that like when I'm praying it, I'm asking Mary to let me see the, the mystery through her eyes. Because she pondered all these mysteries in her heart, so um, why can't? Although, isn't temptation in a des- desert? No, no, sorry. It's just a Lent thing, but it's not. Yeah, sorry. I, I, had a, I had a, I had a, I had a, sorry. I had a fleeting second of thinking it was in the luminous mysteries for some reason. Um, it's not. It, but yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I like why not look at these through Mary's eyes? Why not ask for mm-hmm. intercession? I don't. I don't. I, I mean, that's a good holy thing to do you're and it's like it's not like um i want to reflect on mary's apparition to garabandal or something weird like that which would be odd you're actually reading it in the scriptural tradition which is a a written account of christ's life with us and mary is the one who ponders and keeps all these things in her heart and so by praying on these mysteries with her uh i just don't see any problem with that ever yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's a devotion. And so if this is what you feel called to, to pray for, you just want to meditate on something, you might as well meditate and do the whole Hail Mary thing. That's totally fine. Um, more suggestions for, for mysteries. Um, you could do yeah. uh, the, the metal mysteries of the rosary, like the hardcore mysteries of the rosary. Yeah. So um, Jesus um, uh, murders uh, all the pigs of a man's uh, swine farm. Right. Yeah. Um, Jesus calls a Samaritan woman a dog. Um, Jesus overthrows uh, the t- money tables, uh, money changers temples uh, tables. Um, yep. Jesus calls his Jesus best friend Satan. Satan, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Jesus curses a fig tree and it dies. Um, you can do, you yep. can do that. Um, yeah. Jesus calls the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Like, do like the really hardcore mysteries that 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 might work out some anger issues that you may have. You know. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you want to appease the trads with this, you could do it in. You can still say the Hail Marys in Latin. Oh yeah, yeah. Do some and then they'll Ave be fine Maria, with it. Gracia, and then they'll be, and then yeah. they'll be fine with it, right? So, yeah. yeah okay. Yes. I mean, that's a oh, man. I gotta think quickly here. I am my. I, I will be honest. I my brain has definitely been slow because I've been working too hard lately. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm perpetually tired, and mm-hmm. my brain is a little slow to work. Uh. But I'm trying to think of other 
groupings of mysteries. You have the metal mysteries, okay? Yeah. You could have... Um, uh, you have hmm. the mysteries of uh, Jesus is outside too much, because that's all he talks about. So uh, the kingdom of God is like a um, mustard seed. Uh, you could yeah. do... Um, uh, you could, you could do... You could, yeah. You could do like the the mysteries of the animals, where Jesus refers to us as different animals, like you know, sheep, yes. goats, and everything like this, and yeah, doves, snakes, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Jesus, Vipers. the zoologist, mysteries, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. The, the zoological um, mysteries, yep, the zoological mysteries. There we go. Yes, yes, <laughs> love it, love it. You can do that. Jesus is disappointed by his friends' mysteries. <laughs> no, you can't call down fire. <laughs> yes, I do have to suffer and die. <laughs> you could. Um, this is a fun game. Yeah, this is a fun game. Yeah, I'll have to think about this one some more. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. But yes, in other words, though, I just think in the end, it's there's nothing wrong with this because that is the purpose and point of Mary is to point us towards and to understanding more deeply the mysteries of the reality of the life of Jesus to under that she is the only one who sees them perfectly even though she may not have experienced them all directly she had a deep connection to the whole mission of Jesus and so yeah. therefore by virtue of that she has a perfect integration of mm-hmm. the mysteries of Christ's life into her own life to share with the whole church of whom she is the mother of yeah uh one suggestion though if you're if you're praying the rosary with um, all the parish ladies before or after mass, uh, stick to the, whatever mysteries they're praying. Let them take the lead on that. Don't yeah. throw in random mysteries that uh, aren't oh, like and the official ones. And don't like and don't like put like okay the 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 um yeah don't put like don't put a little pamphlet together that says the zoological mysteries, and then put them without put them in the parish church without like asking permission. <laughs> please, please, please stop. Please, don't please, do please don't do that. Please These are private devotions. Private devotions. Uh, yes, yes. You can meditate on Jesus calling you a goat as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Privately. Yeah. Privately. Privately. Yes. But Good. People Good. might take it the wrong way. So Hopefully this message um, gets to you in time before yeah. the trads get you. Exactly. Yeah. So as I was just saying about Mary, Mary integrated the whole of Jesus's life in herself. I want to talk about yeah. just that today. This idea of like Christian integration, not integralism, integration in mm-hmm. presbyteral exhort and now it is time for presbyteral exhortations oh yeah yes. quite good quite good indubitably oh, i bet they can't wait to learn, They're gonna learn so much. it's my favorite part oh, it's the best part mm-hmm. yes. yes quite yes all right i gotta pull up a text conversation i was having with some friends about this they said please please make this presbyteral exhortations this week and um that's weak you say um, uh, wait who are these friends are these friends lay people Yes, but they're also mm. theologians. Everyone calls and, themselves and, a theologian and, nowadays. And, and to add to it, they're they're Australian. Oh, then they're like barely people. They're like rejected prison people spawn. Like that's not real. Like why would you listen to them? Right. So so here's here is uh here is the thing. Let me just pull up my conversation here. Um I I was I was kind of in a bad mood on Saturday for some reason. I think part of it was exhaustion. Um, yeah, sure, that'll do it. To the point where I was actually during mass, I felt like I was going to pass out. So I was like, "This isn't good." Uh, That's not good at all. But yeah, I, I did something good that night. Instead of like, I got I, I it was my I had I kept that night free on purpose because I had been going way too hard the rest of the week, and I just mm-hmm. came home and I made some dinner. I watched a couple of TV shows. And then I actually sat in my chapel for a lot of the night. Cause I was even like watching TV shows, like brooding over stuff. And it was like, I think it's just different attitudes that you encounter in parish life or whatever. And it's not speaking about any particular parish. It's like more of like a generalized, like, like, like that certain little experiences here and there were, are point to, I would say larger, larger issues that I find frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so like, why do I find these things frustrating? And I, I, I want to talk, like, I think it's the issue of, it's like a, it's an anger, but it's also a sadness. Um, so around this, what I'd call like this lack of integration of the faith. And by this, I mean the lack of taking an accountability ourselves for our own faith, a lack of reflection, a lack mm-hmm. of, of thinking things through on our own, not in like this isolated individualized sense because that's actually a problem, but 
judging things in a, in a, what call like a Christian manner. So before I kind of go into that, I just want to give a brief background. So I have been getting more and more red pilled on Luigi Giassani. So Luigi Giassani is the founder of a movement called Communion Liberation, which is a big oh, Italian movement. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a big Italian movement. Uh, it exists throughout the world. Um, and I think more or less he has a lot to say to the church today. And I think a lot of his method of how he goes about, about um, thinking things through has a lot of validity that I still think needs to be thought over, prayed over, integrated over, etc. Um, and I would say where he perhaps is weak, but it's not really his own fault is because he talks a lot about, for example, like his, his major work is probably the religious sense. It's like the work of works that everyone refers to about rediscovering this religious sense that there is something in me that desires what he calls like a destiny, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I desire eternity. Actually, I do desire eternity and, um, and to help people kind of realize what that really means and what that, what the demand that that makes on our life by going through kind of a method of judgment and verification of our experience. So, okay. Um, and I think where his weakness is, is I think that the religious sense is more and more deadened today and it takes a lot more work to, to reawaken that. And I think that's something that I think, so I think he's largely right, but there is another work that needs to be done to reawaken the deadened religious sense, because the idea of a destiny is too scary for people. It's too demanding. It's all these different things. And we're just kind of numb to the idea of destiny itself. That's I don't want to go into that today so much, but it's just, oh, okay. I find that this is, uh, this is, this is at least in North America. Generally there is, um, there is that problem, but I want to talk more about I want to talk more about, I don't want to talk about those who aren't practicing the faith. I want to talk about those who are. Okay. Because I think this is something we need to do more of. Like, cause like you, you, okay. Let me put this as a practical example. Like how often do people come and ask you questions that they could look up in the catechism? Um, it happens. I mean, it happens, it, it'll right? happen. It'll happen like week, a few times a week, you know, catch me after yeah, yeah, mass yeah. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not against like the questions, but like, I guess, so I guess I'm going to unpack the experience on my own end first to try and work this through a bit. Cause I don't, I want to be careful about getting too abstract about it. Not, well, not abstract. Again, I don't think the language is actually abstract, but I can understand like how it can be hard to understand if we're not familiar with the lingo and working this through ourselves. So, um, I, I find it, I'm trying to think of a good example here that, um, like, so, so let's say someone. But like, I want to try to think of an example that maybe someone hasn't brought up to me personally in my parish or something like that. So, um, so more and more parishioners I've seen to the podcast. I don't want anyone to ever, but it's like, it's like, these aren't bad things. It's like, I want to address this problem because I think it's important. So let's say someone comes up and says, um, well, actually, I'll think of something that someone said to me in a way long time ago. And I'm, you know, long time ago, not even in my parish. Okay. So we're good. I think there's a, where they're like, you know, I find it hard to go to mass because I discover so much about God just going through nature. And that's more important to me. Oh, that's yeah. classic. That's classic. That's yeah, classic that one, before. right? Okay. And that's the one where that's a generalized one, right? So, okay. Also, can I, can I just do a quick pet peeve? Um, and, and my answer to that is no, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. As far as like, I don't believe you go, you don't take a, a hike every Sunday. Yeah. 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 I, 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 oftentimes I think that's a cop time. out. Yes, exactly. Oh, it is. Oh, no, I, th I think it definitely is. Right. Um, yeah, but anyway, sorry, that's not what you're getting but at. Like, but like, they'll come to you with this because they're expecting you to verify their presumption. Yes, to bless their, their, their wrongness. Which is where I get frustrated, I think. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, no, my job is not to, but it's also not to be the outside authority. Because like, they're actually not looking, like, this is the thing. They're actually not thinking, they don't want to do sometimes the work. And again, I'm not trying to say this in a blameworthy way. I think, because I think for a lot of us, we've actually not been trained in how to like make judgments, period, mm -hmm, full stop. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's more, I'm trying to be more diagnostic than blameworthy. So if I sound blameworthy at times, I apologize. I'm not trying to do that. Um, yeah, leave all uh, the blaming uh, to me. I'm feeling saucy yeah, exactly. this podcast. Okay, okay. So we're, it's looking to say, oh yes, you're fine without it having to actually, but they, they've never actually wrestled with the question themselves. 
Mm-hmm. They just presume this way. Oh, going to a forest is better than going to mass. Or I just find that that's more brings me closer to God than mass. And I'm like, well, then do you believe who Jesus? Like, this is the thing. So, like, my question would be, like, well, no. Let's actually ask questions of this. Let's verify if this is true. Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? Like, I think that's where it gets a big crux of the question, right? And often, I think people will say they do. But then, like, even there, it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, if if being if if Jesus is who he says he is. Doesn't that mean following him in the mode and the way that he has constructed for us, which is mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. right? Like one thing I, I mentioned on the weekend, I'm, I'm summarizing it a bit here, but it's like if, if Jesus chooses Bob and Jesus chooses Jim, then I have to choose Bob and Jim as a Christian because Christ has chosen them to be in the church. And so I have to choose them to be in the church. And despite all the difficulty that brings, like that, that's what the two or three are gathered means. Mm-hmm. It's the encounter with the incarnation in a real and substantial way. Every person present is is the result of a choice from Jesus out of love for them to be here. Hmm. And so it's like so like what happens with that then is that the person who says, Well, I like to go to the forest is saying, I haven't actually encountered Christ on his terms. Mm-hmm. But on my terms. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and and so they're looking for the outside authority to bring an affirmation of their terms. But I don't think that's authority's job. Authority's job is to orient towards the true, the good, and the beautiful, towards life, which is Christ, which means actually proposing questions that might challenge something. Because, like, here's the thing. I am willing to come to your perspective if it's true. <laughs> yeah. But let's actually judge to see if it's true but truth is not just an idea it's something that's lived in my experience and so i have to actually look at my experience so like another way of looking at it is like so what is the experience of going to mass and the experience of go what is what is the difference what, is, what do we understand the difference to be well we this difference is simple by going to mass i'm saying i choose who christ chooses by going to the forest i'm saying i actually don't choose the people who christ chooses i'm not saying that the that the forest experience isn't true, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not the whole truth, right? So it's a sign that we haven't. It's like to me that that that's the idea of judgment, right? I actually haven't thought through, like not just like on an abstract level. I mean, like actually look at my experience. If I look at my experience and I think, wait, to be a Christian, like the the fundamental fruit of the death and resurrection of Jesus is the church. This is because the church is the place where life is is given experienced lived through so that the beginning of eternity begins there and so if i want eternity in the future i need the place where eternity is now which is the church and it's in it's like in its in its um germ stage if you will right but it's like uh, um so this means then i have to wrestle where i'm at with the people where i'm at because that's where christ is and so okay. uh, I, just quickly just to conclude it you know, yeah mm-hmm, it says so if that's what it means to be a Christian, how do I, how, am I, am I being, what is going on when I'm saying that the forest, like going for a walk in a forest is, is more Christ-like than going to mass, for example. And I would say that's, this is the problem is that we don't actually confront that in ourselves. We don't wrestle with that in ourselves. We don't wrestle that out with others. And so we just look to, well, I just presume this. This is the idea, I think. And I'm just going to presume it's true. I'm not going to wrestle this out anymore. And if you don't affirm where I'm coming from, well, then you're just a horrible human being or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is that making yeah. sense? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, there's something, it's, it's, it's so innate to me. It's hard to yeah. explain it yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just to clarify, the example we, we are using is a very kind of black and white, either you go to the forest or you go to mass sort of thing. Right. Um, because there's something true about, you know, when I was hiking in Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons, like, I don't know, five years ago, it was a deeply spiritual experience that uh, I will always treasure. Um, there's nothing wrong with, like, you can encounter and do encounter God in his creation. Absolutely. Um, but the, the, we're using the example to um, illustrate this point of um, this either or between this or mass, which is to illustrate further the point of, I think it is a... Um, it's not just, uh, it's a lack of an interior life in yeah. a broad sense. Yes. So yes, the interior yes. life 
doesn't just include your spiritual um, life. It, I mean, it, it is your spiritual life. But it's also how do I examine what is within me? And that yes. includes emotional, spiritual, all that stuff. Yes. yes. And we are deeply, uh, there is a deep fear to dive into the depths of our interior. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's an, un, it's an unnamed fear. It's a guttural <laughs> fear. Because um, like you don't want to look something scary in the face and see what it is. Uh, right. So there's there's a fear that my avoidance of mass uh, might point to something that is wrong with me, and right. we all we all on some level sense uh, this is why you know everyone on some level is emo. Uh, we all we all sense uh, on one level there is something wrong with us that we aren't who we're supposed to be or that we're not who we pretend to be every day, and that's that's just. Uh, the result of of sin and of our um, inclination to sin, right? And that's a very difficult thing to confront. Mm -hmm. So once we get once we start thinking about things a little bit and get close to that dangerous place where ultimately I am nothing, we bounce right off of it and just go somewhere else. And that's where right. the search for authority is. Like, allow me to not enter into my own depths. Yes. Um, and. It's a reaching outward to avoid going inward. Yes. And um, yes. what you're saying with uh, choosing, uh, and then when you do that, you detach yourself from yourself. And if you're not in and tune, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So if you're not in tune with yourself, you cannot encounter the other as exactly. other. Yes. You're too busy flying from yourself to actually have you, who are a self, meet someone else. Um. I don't know if that made it clearer or not, but you're nodding vigorously. I think it's, you know, there's something about no, this that. is the thing. No, this is the thing, right? So what happens in these cases is actually we start isolating more because we're so convinced by like, this is the thing. If we're, if our convictions of things start isolate, like making us more fearful of being around other people, like it creates, creates anger, resentment, hatred, whatever it might be, frustrations. And those things force us to distance ourselves from others. That's mm -hmm. usually a sign that we haven't sufficiently judged our experience mm -hmm. in Christ and in the light of Christ. Because I was preaching on the weekend about this, like it's, it's all kind of mingled with us to an extent too, about like really like the whole point of this was on the, um, you know, the, if your brother or sister sins against you, blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. um, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you was my, was actually like, I did funny on Saturday night, I did my homily, hated it. Just totally reworked it on Sunday. Yeah, no yeah. text, just kind of, it was great. I think I actually went later on Sunday and um, mm -hmm. so I was like, no, to be with Christ means to be where life is. And life is where others are because that's where Christ is. Like literally he's chosen all of us to be here. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to like sit with that and to wrestle with the fact that, you know, you know, Janie Joe Smith over there who maybe is a little talky during mass, but at least is there, <laughs> isn't, you know, kneeling with hands firmly together and piously looking at the Eucharist at all times or the tabernacle at all times because where the Lord is, but that those are all like supposed to be there because the church is the place where things are kind of wrestled out and they can only be wrestled out insofar as we wrestle them out with each other. So the fear mm -hmm. of our own depths happen because none of all of us are afraid of going into our own depths. Oh yeah. And yeah. So we, we, in other words, we're alone in that. Mm -hmm. And by being alone in that, we we don't we see such a hopelessness in looking at our own weakness and sinfulness and our own faulty ideas that we tend to make idols out of, which is what's going on in so much of the church nowadays, I find. This is why I think that was like rising to frustrations for me that day. Cause I'm like, this isn't just like here, this is like just a problem that we have been incapacitated in making decisions for ourselves. We want someone else to make the decision. We are so afraid of risking a decision because we will, we might be, because we'll be vulnerable. We could be um, ridiculed for it. Uh, we could, and like sometimes the fear, it's like that, I would call it a naive fear, but it's like a fear of, well, if I do the wrong thing, then Jesus is going to like kick me out or something like that. It's like, no, like yeah, actually yeah. that's, you're trying, especially if you're trying to do it in good faith, it's like but taking the risk. We're all afraid of actually going into the depths of our own, even quote unquote, misery. 
because and it's so so what happens is we look for the outside source it's nothing's getting integrated and so it's actually still the same problems we've been having for 100 years which is everything is externalized the heart is completely ignored and it leads to what i'd call like moral policing in the church where it's like we have to police everyone's external actions all the time with no focus on the heart at all and the heart is where everything begins though it's the heart it's in the heart that i reflect and wrestle and sit with and where i actually i'm willing to put because i'm willing to put myself under the judgment of christ not in like a negative sense of judgment but like the judgment of truth i want the truth the truth is a person if there's something in my person that is not in accord with what he says and is that's where the wrestling begins the truth always purifies <laughs> always it has to if it's not other, and if we think we have the whole truth we are so self-deceived like incredibly mm -hmm. self-deceived there's only one person who has the whole truth jesus christ himself and he gives himself to us but if you think you've grasped the whole truth you are i'm sorry you're it's 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 yeah yeah go ahead um yeah. let me let me let me i think maybe by broadening this it might clarify yeah. it we'll see yeah yeah um so you said you know uh, being afraid to make choices uh, you know, going to the authority, like, because the choice, an act of the will is an expression of, of self ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, and because I don't know myself, I then turn to others to make the choices for me and to kind of um, take my place. So I think you see this uh, in the wider culture in um, more, I think it's part of what is uh, uh, in a world that is so more and more ideologically um, divided is because um I do not know myself. I have not wrestled with my own darkness. Um, so I turn outside because I'm afraid to go there. And then I find these organizations or cults or mm -hmm. political groups that can give me an identity that um, shields me from myself. Yes. And they'll even give me words and slogans and catchphrases and t-shirts. And they'll give me all the stuff to shield me from my very self. Um, right. And sometimes you see this within religious people as well, when you're talking to someone and it feels like they're almost robotic and just repeating um, even the holy phrases that they've heard. But like you feel like you're not even talking to a person because they, they are so afraid to enter into their own personhood that they jump out. So, yeah, you see this um, uh, anything from uh, American politics. Very much so. You see this. Um, you see this in a lot of ideologies in the church, uh, left and right. Like it's it's a you know, choose your own adventure of, of, of fleeing from yourself. Yes. Um, and, and so because you have put on a personality to shield you from yourself, uh, you can't encounter the other and encounters with the other are the most threatening thing that you can have. A disagreement with somebody is the most threatening thing that you can have because, uh, a disagreement or encounter with another person, um, will test the fake personality that you've made for yourself. And it's a reminder that that is only a facade. And yes. so um, you're frustrated with yourself because you don't know yourself. You're frustrated with the other because they remind you they don't know yourself. And so mm -hmm. this leads to anger because you've been threatened. And right. so you see, um, so we go on the internet or we, we go to the pastor or we go to the person next to us or we just think to ourselves, like that person's not dressed right. This person's not doing something right. This person is bad. Um, all to distract from the fact that we haven't, entered into ourselves. And I think this is why I see increasing anger uh, and an increasing lack of discussion, an increasing lack of community, both in the church and in the wider culture. And so, like, um, like I think for me too, like in all that, in all of this, and I think this mm -hmm. is the great sadness for me. It's why it brings up anger too. It's not like anger at the people, but it's anger at the situation huh? that has fostered this, which is that I've, I find sometimes like, I'm like, oh my gosh, some people have just never actually reflected on their life mm -hmm. ever. And I'm like, and it's sad because I'm like, you know, it's okay. It's a little uh, too oft repeated, but it's, there's a truth to it. Like about the unreflected life is not worth living. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a deep truth to this. Um, like I always like this. One of the things I like to say is that if the, the second, the question of my existence does not stop pressing this, the second, the question of my existence stops pressing itself upon my heart is the moment I cease being a Christian. Mm -hmm. 
because I should always be asking that question. It is tiring. Like this is the other thing. It is tiring. It's exhausting. It's it it can it can stretch us too much. Um, it, it seems like it's overboard to go through it all. But every time I've like been willing to wrestle with these things, because it also means on my part, like for example, as a pastor, I have to say at times, "Oh my gosh, I made a massive mistake here. I hurt you, and I'm sorry." Hmm. That is a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. I have to do this as a pastor. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm always right, or my decision's always right. Um, I am not above criticism because I'm a human being too. Who, again, that's the thing. When I make these mistakes, they're often due to a lack of reflection on the situation, or they're coming from a deeper fear that I haven't reflected on yet, or something like this. And that, that's important to bring to light. Um, and I want to help, like so. And I think part of this issue gets to about just the very form of how we've done catechesis Hmm. and education in the faith. Because how do we do catechesis? Often still. Memorize these facts. Mm -hmm. Repeat the right propositions Mm -hmm. and you are a good Catholic. It's all external. For me, it's like, like that phrase earlier around, if Jesus chooses Joe and Jesus chooses Bob, then I have to choose Jesus, Joe and Bob because Jesus chooses them and I choose Jesus, right? Like that's that's yeah. the church. That is like, if that's a good horizontal vertical definition of the church, right? Love of God and love of neighbor, the two exactly. greatest commandments. Right. This is, and they, so, yeah, you can't separate yeah. them. So for me, this is this is all outpouring of the fact of the incarnation. Like if I, if I was to use like a dogma that is central to my whole priesthood and preaching, it's... and thought it, it's the incarnation mm-hmm. the incarnation means that jesus chooses bob and joe today mm-hmm. in their strengths and weaknesses and this is the thing this is why it's not like i'm not trying to make this any about any resentment about anybody around these things yes it's frustrating but i i have to be willing to enter and live with the frustration and all that i have to be willing to live all, all these things because christ chooses to live in this today too through his church so who am I? Who am I to know better than Jesus? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, and I, I see this, you know, this doesn't just happen in big existential uh, ways. It also happens in like uh, yeah. smaller day-to-day ways. Like, I, like I'll notice that like if I am uh, on the altar and I'm cranky with people for silly reasons, like I don't like the way you receive communion or that person's yeah. face is weird or whatever. It's like, um, that's usually a good sign. It's like uh, that, that, sort of thing happens to me when my prayer life has dissipated or if I have been avoiding the Lord or if I haven't, um, I have not addressed either a pain or a sorrow or an anger within me. Uh, it's then that I do two things. One, I get crankier with people and then I isolate myself from friends, from, from family, from talking, you know, um, cause it's this, so it doesn't have to be like a, so it's one level this kind of like, big lifestyle choice thing but also it can happen in little bits here and there where we refuse to and that's i think a lot of times that happens with that why we um there can be anxiety around going to prayer mm-hmm. it's because i know if i encounter christ in prayer he's going to encounter the real me and i don't want to see yeah. the real me right now yeah but yeah. the thing is and even though that work is hard and there is a real fear there um that's why i have a lot of sympathy you know because i'm like yeah. this too once you get once you get there, once you do that, and you, and we, this is a big thing that we talk about all the time. Once you get to that place of your utter emptiness, who do you find there, still with you, still loving you, Christ? Christ. Yeah. And then that brings freedom. Exactly. So that you know what? Uh, yes, I know people around me aren't perfect. Sometimes they even do evil things. A lot of times they do annoying things. But like that, no longer. I'm no longer afraid of encountering that person because I'm not afraid of encountering myself. Because Christ is within me, Christ is within them. And so it ends up being freeing. um, Yes. If you're willing to go through all that. It's been, I think, because I want to talk about, okay, how do we do this? I think is an important, I think this is something where I'm actually always willing to go very practical because I think it's it's also incredibly spiritual and theological all at the same time. Mm -hmm. But before I do that, there's two things I want to read quickly. Because I think at the heart of the Christian life then is is the fact of the church. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything that that implies. So uh, Giassani says nobody can avoid communion, communionality because this is the essence of the Christian fact. Again, it's Jesus chose Joe and Bob 
Therefore, I choose Joe or Bob because I choose Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus chose me, right? Or uh, this is uh, from Wendell Berry. Genesis is right. It is not good that the man should be alone. The phrase, mm-hmm. be alone, is a contradiction in terms. It's great. To right? be alone. Right. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, be, be is alone, to be right? with be, others. Be, exactly, 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 exactly. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So, and I, I think this is the thing we need to be really fighting for in the church today because this mm-hmm. is this is the crux of it all. This is where we can become the countersign in a in a in a disintegrated yeah. world and this is where a quote-unquote catholic ch- culture begins which is uh willing to enter into the muck with each other essentially and yeah. to say i want to be here with you because jesus wants to be here with you and with me and so i choose this i ch- and that's life life is not all happy happy clappy clappy it's not also sorrow and misery all the time it's everything and the incarnation means jesus has chosen all of that he entered mm-hmm. into all of that, and continues to enter all of that through the church today, which is his body. And therefore, I must choose what Christ chooses, because I choose Christ. And I find Christ through all that. He becomes yeah. more immediately present to me. And this is the thing. So then it's like, I start reflecting on these things. And I start asking questions. So like, it's like, uh, you know, I'll use another example that I think that's pretty common. I, I think we we especially hear it from maybe a certain generation more commonly today. I, I, but it's like, you know, it's the question of well, what's the difference between watching mass on TV or the internet and, and being there uh-huh. in person. Right. So it's like here, I want to use this as like an example to see like, how do we actually start reflecting on our experience without it becoming like a subjectivism? Uh-huh. Well, in this case, I would just simply ask the first question, what does it mean to be a person? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, to not be alone. How yeah, are you actually with others yeah. through a screen? Well, uh, and the thing we're fighting against is that there's uh, the, the Western idea of uh, to be a person is to be an individual. To be a person exactly. is to stand on your own. Right. Uh, and that's not to be a person. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So already right there. And then, well, being a person also means not just spiritual self or anything like this, but it also means the body. Yeah. And I encounter Christ in, my, in an embodied way. How does the screen do this? I'm not saying that watching Mass Online doesn't have any value or anything like this. But I'm saying, but it's, all I'm trying to say is it's different. Yeah. It's different. You, so, so, sorry, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. And you, I mean, you literally always encounter Christ in a bodily way. Exactly. Even when it's in prayer, yeah. Christ using your imagination, your intellect, your will, that's all right. what's, what's part of you as a person who is an embodied person. Right. Even watching it through a screen, you're watching that in an embodied fashion. It's just the screen, yeah. I think also, we, we have to reflect on what does the screen communicate and not communicate? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between, like, when I'm watching the consecration on a screen, and I'm watching the consecration, or I'm at the consecration at like at mass, like at, in a church building. What's the difference? Is there a difference? And if so, what? Because that's where the answer. That's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. And the fact is this: I actually encounter Christ in a more direct way in in, per, in at the church because I'm there personally. My whole person is my body soul. It's like why I keep on saying like people are like well we're on contraception and like how is that. A problem because you know you really are mm, giving your whole mm. self to the person i'm like well no you're not because your body's part of your person and yeah. if you mm. use something contraceptive you're interrupting your person from giving your full self to them this is this is the crux of catholic teaching is that the body is part of the person so that's where i have to start asking well what does it mean to be a person how do i experience being a person and if my sense of person is i can be more christian by watching things through a screen then i'm not sufficiently judging things from the Christian reality. And that means I have to actually question not the usual practice, but my unusual practice. Mm-hmm. And I would actually even go so far as to say, we should our doubt should not be towards the usual practice first. I'm not saying that you can't have doubt even towards that, but it should be towards what we'd call like our unusual practice. If we have something that's so different from the usual day-to-day practice of Christian life, what is it that the, that usual day-to-day Christian life is actually trying to communicate to me? That's where we start reflecting. We start judging. We ask questions of it. This is where life begins. We enter into dialogue with it with others who we then find out have the same questions or haven't been thinking about it, but then want to think about it. What I found like so life-giving with those Nigerian families the other night, especially Mm -hmm. towards the end, we were sharing Christian life because they were asking questions about like, you know, one of them was going to a Protestant church for a bit and he's like, you know, it was told that you couldn't come into the church for women if they were wearing slacks, if they're wearing pants. Mm Mm-hmm. Why, why is that a thing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, that seems crazy to me, right? Yeah. Because 
I'm like, why are we making this a moral issue? It doesn't make sense to me. And it's like, and, they, and they're like, they're like, well, thank you. Like, they were wrestling with a question. They were like, to me, like, what I mm-hmm. loved about it was they actually reflected on an experience that didn't jive with their with with the reality of who Christ is. Yeah. What opened them up, I think, to the idea of baptism was they encountered a, at least in this case, a priest who said, actually, you're right to ask questions of that in the light of Christ. And uh, Christ mm-hmm. is the one who lights on this. And let's enter into that dialogue and wrestle with this. There were times I challenged him on some things, but I could because I, they created, I created a place of trust that said, like, we can, like, let's wrestle. This is, so that's what I mean by judging our experience. Let's wrestle with it with each other. Let's enter into this with each other. And let's ask questions of our experience in the light of who Christ is and the fundamental facts of who Christ is, which is the church. There, Christ becomes more and more real. Yeah, those discussions were as fruitful as they were is because because both sides are are willing to uh, question, examine their experiences. Now you have not just a conversation that's happening, but encounters between people, which yes. makes it all through. And um, just uh, one of the fun facts about like you we were talking about the mass, and it's, I, I'm trying to find. It. I don't know if it's in the germ or where I read it, um, but it's kind of like the um, mass is. Mass is meant to begin once the community is gathered. Yes. And I mean, first of all, that's impractical because there's more than one mass and all that stuff. But the idea is that like mass is not something that you just view or experience or passively receive. Mass is something you come to do, which is worship. So you have to wait until everyone's there to begin mass once the community is gathered because it's it's this gathering of of the people to do this thing together. Yeah. And it's, 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 um, it's, I mean, this is why actually the church emphasizes this idea. That actually, the norm should be like one central Sunday mass per parish. So why I think yeah. there's actually, there's, it's not that we have too many parishes. I actually think we don't have enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For this reason, because actually I think a parish maybe shouldn't be more than three or 400 people on a Sunday. Yeah. If only we had that many priests, that'd be great. But this is, so the problem is not like, that's the, pro, that's where the real problem is. I think it's like, actually, we don't, we don't have, we actually need a lot more priests. Because yeah. And I think more priests would come forward because that would mean less administration. It would mean more life. And it would be truly shared life. In that case, pastor could get to know all his parish pretty easily in a few years. Yeah. And, and it would then, be a shared life. And then guys are like, I want yeah. this. Let's do it. And I don't, again, let's take the risk. And so, we're, again, we're always like, even in like those big decisions of how we, we organize our the church and all of this, we're not asking those big questions of like, okay, this might be mitigating a problem right now. But is it actually in concert with the Christian reality? Mm-hmm. We are avoiding the Christian reality. And it's like, like, I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm not trying, I don't want to boast of my parish too much, but like, you know, we're growing like crazy. Like there was, there were like 20 people in the, in the foyer this Sunday. Like I've never seen, the balcony was full. I've never seen yeah. that before. Yeah. Right. This moment in time, kids included, I think we have something that like close to like 27 people want to become Catholic at Easter. That's great. Which is huge. That's I'm huge. Like, where is this That's all coming huge. from? But I think, I, honestly, I think part of it is people are encountering life here, which is, mm-hmm. that's the heart of the parish. That's the pastor's job is to be a minister of communion. But it's like, it is getting too big for me to do by myself. Right? And I don't want yeah. that. I want to know every single person. Right. So how do we, you know, there's other ways. We, but like, I'm trying to, so that's why we're doing our charisma retreat, because I'm trying to address this on a concrete person-to-person level. And that, that, yeah. that that's that's the heart of it let's wrestle with this with each other. Let's ask questions. And like, cause here's the thing, the truth, we don't need to be defensive of the truth. No. Cause the truth is resurrected from the dead in, in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Evil and lies and, and, and falsehoods attempted to destroy truth and it failed. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. It's a, so if people are like asking like quote unquote the wrong like that's what I'm worried about asking the wrong questions or anything. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. if the truth is the truth, it'll remain. But maybe your perception of it needs to just be purified a little bit or just yeah. mm-hmm. chipped away at so that it becomes more itself. You know, it's put it's gold tested by fire. Get rid of the impurities. Mm-hmm. The gold remains, mm-hmm. but that means we need to let go more and to abandon ourselves to one another. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, I mean, it's not, I don't know if it was going to it today. But essentially, I just want to, I guess I will end with this is just to say, let's, let's actually reflect more, but let's reflect with one another. Let's ask questions of our experience. Mm-hmm. And if there are fundamental things like Sunday mass practice 
um, going to confession. Mm-hmm. Let's ask, and we struggle with these things. And like, and I'm not trying to say that they're always and everywhere going to be a straight answer. Again, like I like one thing I loved. I think it was like a diocese in Minnesota or something like that. That they're starting outreach to people who are victims of sex abuse by priests who can't go mm-hmm. to church for obvious reasons. Yeah, and they're bringing homebound ministers are bringing them communion. No. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. I thought that like that's yeah. So there's a place where okay, like that's a struggling with the reality, mm-hmm. right? Or um, I heard of, I heard today from my super, thesis supervisor of a place in Holland, where um, the um, it's like a cloistered group of nuns in a monastery that they're housing retired people to help make it affordable for them to retire. And not one of them went to church at the beginning, and now mm-hmm. they all go to church on Sunday. Yeah. But on top of that. The one complaint the retired people had there was that they don't get to eat meals with the sisters because the sisters are separated. And the prioress heard this. They talked about it. And they said, yes, we will eat with you on one condition, that we can retain the table reading. And then the... Oh, so they're entering into monastic life, yeah. So at Twitch, the retired people said, oh, yeah, that's something to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like they're cool. (laughs) But they were willing to make that sacrifice because they, they were willing to... And they're still keeping the charism of their mm. rules and what they do because it's about hospitality and everything. They're not losing the charism, but they're adapting to new – they're reflecting on the contemporary experience without losing the truth. That's great. And that's what we need to do more. Like let's just mm-hmm. do – we will be so much more alive and so much more life-giving and so much more at peace as a church where we can just say like let's enter into the mess with each other. Yeah. Good. Anyways, I'm going to shut up. Me too, except for this part. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find me losing every single fantasy football game with my uh, priest league because I auto-drafted and I don't know anything about sports. You can find me on X, on Father Harrison. <laughs> Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on X. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. If you have a theological emergency, call 412-912-7995. That's 412-912-7995. Peace. God bless.